don't you get some AirPods? The new you know AirPods. Why? Because they cost $100, which is so stupid to pay for headphones. Yeah. <sighs> no, thank you. <sighs> Ridiculous. I wish I could quit you, Apple, but I just can't. Hello, and welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Michael Gray. And I am Erin Green. Hello. What's going on? Well, we're getting ready for fall. We always have to talk a little bit about the weather, I feel Who's like, this when we, we get on here. Who's this we that's getting ready for <laughs> well, fall? I think society so, as a whole, because I'm whole, seeing everybody. some pumpkin spice things come out. So that's a sure sign. <laughs> yeah, pumpkin spice, spice lip gloss and pumpkin spice creamer and yeah it's just everywhere isn't yeah it? i think i've seen some really funny pumpkin spice things i saw i saw one the other day that i was like oh that sounds gross but yeah you know the anyway. thing about pumpkin is like it's such a like strong flavor like it's not like a subtle flavor it's it's a pretty strong flavor like there's some of that stuff that's like really you you want that much pumpkin in your life <laughs> all right <laughs> Knock yourself yeah. out. Yeah. Hey, you know what's happened since we last recorded? <gasps> tell me. You and I both had birthdays. Oh, I forgot we to tell you did. happy birthday on your birthday. God, I suck. Hey, I told you happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Erin. Happy birthday, I wanted to wait Thank till now. You. So we could all you say happy birthday together. <laughs> ah, we should sing. How about you sing? You're a singer. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I actually but, you know, have gotten... I've gotten three birthday wishes this morning, even though my birthday was yesterday. And I've told every single one of them, I'm going to tell you that I love belated birthday wishes because it kind of makes the birthday prolonged and the celebration last a little longer. And, you know, the the special day sort of gradually fades instead of just, right. oh, your day is right. done. It's over. Yeah. Sit down. You're not, you're not special anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. how long after your birthday... Would you still appreciate a belated happy birthday versus like at some point where you're like, yeah, you just completely, totally forgot. It's altogether. over. Like a um, month? Like what if it's October 1st? Is that a little no, too late? No, that's not. No? The next month doesn't. Like if my birthday was at the end of the month and like October 1st or 2nd was, you know, the very like right within that wheelhouse, mm -hmm. I think like a week, a week. is probably right. pretty good. And then if somebody says like, you know, it's the end of September and they're like, didn't you have a birthday this month? Yeah, that's okay. But like saying, oh yeah, happy birthday when it's October and my birthday was mm -hmm. September 13th. That's a little awkward. You're like, why don't you quit being a selfish piece of shit? Okay. It's, it's kind of like when, when I say I'm from Idaho and people are like, oh yeah, that's somewhere in the middle of the United States, right? Mm -hmm. Like, no, it's not. Iowa is a completely different state, y'all. So <laughs> like uh, close, but not at all. That's yeah. Nope. <laughs> It ain't Ohio either. <laughs> so I'm using one of my my birthday gifts this morning. Can you see this? Oh my gosh. You huh? What does it Isn't say again? Great? You couldn't handle you couldn't handle my undivided attention. It's a picture of Dwight. And it has from the Dwight. And it is a yes. mass. Do you see how big this mass I mug see. Is? It's the size it's of like your its head. own pot of coffee. <laughs> 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 it holds like 17 cups. It's amazing. <laughs> 
Wow. That's a great gift. Mm -hmm. Dwight. Yeah, it was good. Good old Dwight. Lila and I have been watching The Office, which has been super fun. Yeah. I bet it's fun. She's into it. Like this. She's like, she likes that sense of humor, you know, that style. And there's a lot of jokes that I didn't think she would get that she gets. And I'm like, so proud of you. Yeah. It's Uh... been real fun. I was reminiscing with some friends about some of the episodes, like when they run the marathon or the half marathon, Mm -hmm. 10K, 5K, whatever it is. What is it? A 10K? Uh, It's a 5K. Yeah. And they're like eating spaghetti. What is he? Got a carbo load. He's uh, (laughs) fettuccine Alfredo. Fettuccine Alfredo. (laughs) Big old plate of involvement. Oh my gosh, that's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's, I need to go back and watch it again because watching it through just the one time doesn't doesn't do it justice like you miss so many oh, oh yeah jokes and things and the storylines and yeah yeah there's i mean I, i've said before i've watched that show way too many times and i'm not the least <laughs> bit ashamed of it i'm actually proud of it how many times i've watched it but i mean i've probably watched all of the seasons at least six times and seasons one through six or seven I don't know honestly like 10 or 12 times like a bunch but like I'll see an episode for like the ninth tenth time and like oh I never caught that joke oh I never realized that was in the background you know it's just like there's always funny there's always more to discover it's the gift that keeps on giving really it is yeah it is yeah well Um, shall we dive into yeah business yeah Mm -hmm. we got a good topic today we do you know, and, unlike uh, all those other days, I know all of our other topics that are <laughs> just crap, topics. but yeah, just crap topics. Let's talk about gum. We're talking about yeah. gum for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> gum. You could probably go a lot of directions with that. Like I think of when I was in high school and I would just put my hand under the seat of my desk and I'd accidentally grab a chunk of chewed up stuck dried gum to the bottom of the desk that somebody left there. And, and I then would do just you chew it to try to see what. No, was? it would oh, no, not oh, like I elf. wouldn't do that. No, right. it it is not like free gum. No, can't do it. Big like red. Feral. Oh yeah, is Big Red still around? Big Red was like such a big gum when I was. I a have kid. not I looked for it. Around. Juicy Fruit was another one. I believe that one is still around, but I haven't seen Big Red. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked for it. I'm not a big cinnamon gum fan. My my parents were my dad especially and Mm -hmm. I just remember like I would chew it because it was around but I didn't love it anyway yeah so here we are talking about gum everybody the dumbest topic that Michael could come up with and here we are here we are (laughs) nope we are not talking about gum today we are talking about the pursuit of the perfect diet the perfect diet yes yes, the perfect diet the unicorn the thing mm-hmm. that everybody seems to ask for, but nobody can actually articulate what they what need <laughs> or if they have ever found it. Mm-hmm. And also, I think the definition might change for each individual, depending on where you're at in your life and what your goals right. are and what your you know, status is and what your budget is and how your body behaves and all of that. Yeah. Uh, my, my headphones are telling me my battery's low, even though they've been charged for, I don't know. So I'm going to switch. Well, to you did say that those headphones. headphones really suck. So yeah, I have a real bone to pick with wireless headphones because it's like either 
hundreds of dollars for the Apple AirPods or absolute garbage. Like there's no in between. Well, and guess what? When ridiculous. I get new ones, I will send you my old ones. I'll clean them, make sure they're all good to go because ear sharing things are a little sketch, but I'll send them to you and you can use them because they never, never knock on wood, seem to have issues. I'm sure they better not for as expensive as they are, right? Well, that's why you pay for it. But you also <laughs> think then you're that like not going... $60 ones should like work most of the time, right? Yeah, yeah. but for the right, extra $40, not having to worry about it might be a worthwhile investment. Just saying. Can I say something? Have you seen this mug before? There we go. Okay. Are we good? I don't know. It's backwards. I don't know if you can read it. That's good. It's forwards for me. It's frontwards for me. Oh, kind it's people words. are my kind of people. I thought you'd I, like that. I do like that. All right. Now let so me we're going to just edit out that little piece, right? Yeah. We'll just chop it out. <clears throat> what the deal is. Hey, Skull Candy, get your shit together. Okay. <laughs> this is an advertisement for you. Yeah. And if you want to sponsor us, I mean, we can do that too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully this works out. Sorry about that, sounds, everybody. Sounds fine. Sounds fine now. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good on my end. I just and your mic is working. Hey, yeah. having it's like sticking in my face. Come on. I know. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> AirPods. Yeah. The perfect diet. The perfect diet. So I don't know what you said while I wasn't listening. So yeah, sorry for that quick little interruption, folks. But we can we can dive in now to our actual topic. So basically, just basically just talking today about why people think there's a perfect diet, what contributes to that false belief, and maybe components of an eating pattern. Notice I didn't use the word diet because I actually think that that's a um, misconstrued word in, in our culture. Yeah. And I'll talk about that too. But the eating patterns that work well for different individuals across the world, across different age groups, socioeconomic status, um, nutritional goals, different things. So there is no one perfect diet. Let's right. talk about. Let's talk about different, it. Different isn't components it, that make it, it healthy. Crazy. Like how like co-opted that word is like, like all diet means is just like what you eat. It's just like the foods you eat and the regular pattern, but it's like, that's not what it means anymore. Yeah. Like diet actually, is the way you're yeah. planning on losing weight. <laughs> I'm actually having t-shirts and tank tops made that say diet is a four letter word. So yeah, for real, I think anymore. Um, well, it's when people come, like, think about when people come to you and talk about diet or when they come to me and talk about diet, it usually doesn't mean just the pattern of foods and beverages that I put into my day and week. Right. Yeah. It usually has some kind of label or connotation like I need to get my diet sorted out, mm -hmm. meaning I need somebody to tell me the right way to eat and I need to make sure that I'm doing all the right things in a quote diet yeah. that usually is some like new starting point for somebody's health journey, whatever that is. So people right. often think of it as the diet is the thing that I need someone to tell me how to do. And it needs to be completely different from what I'm already doing. Right. 
So right, yeah. Well, and I think you know, like, I mean, th- we're all on a diet. <laughs> like, if you're eating food, you're on yeah. a diet, right? Like, that's just. But I think for the sake of this episode, we will. I I'm going to do my best to use diet in the way that most people think of a diet and like it's a a plan that has a specific purpose of weight loss that kind of stuff um and how maybe we can kind of reclaim that word a little bit so yeah um yeah i mean i think i think you're right i think that you know the only reason for most people that they even talk about a diet is for a real specific intent you know it's it's my diet for not even health probably if we're being honest it's a diet for weight loss Mm-hmm. And how do I eat? Um, how am I supposed to eat? What foods do I not even include? Like we don't talk about what foods we should include much. It's yeah, it's what all food about what avoid. to take out. Yeah, my diet is I don't eat these things. You know, it's not I eat these things. It's I don't eat these things, which is just such a strange way to approach that anyway. And there's a whole underlying thing there of just how ass backwards that is. You know, with the the diet and fitness industries that that's like always the focus on, you know, right. What to avoid, what to be scared yes. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, uh, yeah, let's dive in to the perfect diet. Okay. So what well, are, what are just to kind of get going here? What are some like working with new clients? What uh-huh. are like some perfect diet assumptions that they have that you see yeah. pretty often? Well, Um, I think one of them I already mentioned, which is something completely different from what they're already doing. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, when we talk about the health goals that somebody has, or the, I don't know, performance, you know, sports performance goals, I work with a lot of people in that area. Sure. The, the quote, perfect diet that they're seeking is probably very different from what they're already doing. But then I like starting with okay, well, what do you actually visualize that perfect diet being? Mm -hmm. Like paint a picture for me. Tell me what that looks like to you. And they might say like, oh, more fresh fruits and vegetables, less processed foods, um, less eating out, less alcohol, like all these things. And I'm like, okay, well, those are very reasonable directions we can take. But then they start getting into like the minutia and, you know, the the non-GMO things and Mm. the bananas have too many carbs thing, or, you know, with athletes, a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them are like scared of white pasta. It's gotta be like chickpea pasta or something. And so then we start getting into those things and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Now we really need to reframe what you think the perfect diet is. And we do get into that fear mongering with food because Mm. there's a lot of misconceptions around how to eat and what's quote perfect. And I, I have to say, you know, we keep kind of throwing around this word perfect, but I also think there's some elitist attitudes that come out that, that contribute to this belief and people like wear their diet, like a badge of honor, like, Oh, I'm on, I don't eat, I only eat plant-based or Mm -hmm. I'm only organic or it's non-GMO or whatever it is. It's only grass-fed beef or something. And I'm, I'm over here going, well, you, you have to sort of brag about that almost like it's this, uh, 
gosh, I'm trying to find my words. Like it's this virtue because mm. you follow a certain, certain mm. way to eat. And as a dietitian, I need to take that information and honor what the client's beliefs are around that, but then also provide the the evidence and the science behind some of these different eating patterns and hopefully allow them some flexibility in some of those beliefs and maybe even dismantle some of those beliefs because they're, they're false. Right. I mean, they, they're not based in evidence in fact. Right. Well, and even if like, even if there is some benefits to some of those things, or they maybe have like a little bit higher nutrient profile or, you know, that kind of stuff that doesn't mean like we talk about all the time that we have to go, that we have to have perfect or ideal, right? Like better is better. Like we talk about on here. Um, I saw just the other day talking about like food elitism, um, food science, babe, who I know. Oh, we both yeah. follow. Um, I so saw, I think I saw that anybody has a hookup. We'd love to have her on the show. Um, I reached out to her a couple of times, but I think it gets lost. I'd probably see a message. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So sorry. I'm having issues today. Headphones, <laughs> crap in my throat all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she was talking about, she was uh, commenting on a, another video of this lady who was like at a restaurant and she was asking like, what, what, what oil are you cooking that in? And she said like the waiter chef or whatever yeah. it was like canola oil. And she was just like, like, like pulsed canola oil. Like, how dare you? Like just it's so inflammatory. Yeah. And, like just this just yeah. snotty, arrogant response of like, how dare you use canola oil on my food, you know? And <laughs> like, it's just th- these kind of things. What happens is when people say this is other people think, oh, I shouldn't be eating that. I should only be eating these other things, which let's be honest, if we're talking about certain oils, if we're talking about like organic foods are much more expensive that a lot of people can't afford to eat everything organic because that gets steep real quick. And less, less accessible in a lot of areas. Like you're lucky if you get fruits and vegetables, much less organic. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole other thing with like, you know, inner city and stuff, but like, yeah, not a lot of supermarkets in the inner city, right? (laughs) Like, A lot of, a lot of your options are like canned and frozen vegetables, yeah. which or are even great. Small rural towns. Like yeah. I'm from a town of 500 people. And I mean, the closest you get to organic is if you have your own orchard or you have your own mm-hmm. garden. So yeah. 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 So it just, I mean, it can kind of create this, um, this like just asshole halo kind of thing around these foods. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Of like, it's, Oh, completely... I just got a visual of an asshole halo. And I'm like, <laughs> I think it's kind of like this ring light I'm looking at right now. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So you're welcome for that. Um, Thank you. more merch idea, put on a coffee, co- coffee mug, asshole halo. Um, but just this, you know, I... a butt. <laughs> beaming light. Um, just this idea that like, if you aren't doing perfect or the best or the most ideal, which I would say a lot of these foods aren't even that, but they're painted as that, then you're not doing enough. You're doing yourself only a disservice and you could be doing more. And so things like that. And there's just a lot of factors that come into, you know, why people feel like they're constantly failing at eating well and constantly failing at taking care of their health in terms of nutrition and constantly feeling like I, I just don't have a good grasp on what the quote unquote perfect diet is for me, because 
it's one, like so much misinformation and two, often really unobtainable for a lot of us, you know, for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. I also think there's too much emphasis placed on what a person is eating. When I get the client who says, I've really been trying hard, like they're making an earnest effort to follow some very basic kinds of guidelines, more fruits and vegetables, cooking from scratch, more Mm. whole grains, you know, like really concentrating on those bedrock evidence-based practices that we know lead to positive health outcomes. Mm -hmm. And yet they're like, but it's not, it's not working for whatever goals they have more energy, you know, weight loss, um, feeling energized for activity, whatever it is. And I usually will start, I start working with people on the, when, how you eat, how that pattern falls together instead of the exact foods. Because people are often like so obsessed with, well, you know, is the, you know, store-bought whole wheat bread better or should I go to a local bakery and get whole wheat bread? And I'm like, that ain't the point. (laughs) What we need to do is put some protein with your whole wheat bread in the morning. I don't (laughs) care what kind you eat, but let's, you know, so things like that where we're like changing up those eating patterns or we need to get you eating breakfast so that Mm -hmm. you're not crashing by the time, you know, 11 o'clock rolls around and you don't have lunch until 1230 because your work schedule. So talking about patterns and how eating just fits into that person's daily life. And then we can start getting into more details about what kinds of foods fit into those patterns. And I give tons of examples to my clients of what that might look like for them. Mm. Okay. If we talk about a high protein lunch, what does that look like? If we talk about pro pro snacks, what are some options that you can carry with you that don't have to be refrigerated, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I do think that there, people have that assumption that the food components of the diet make up a are like the thing that need to be hacked to death. This is the thing that needs to be fixed. And I really, I mean, yes, what you eat is important. I'm not saying it's not, Mm -hmm. but we also need to look at the, how that pattern fits together into your life and how you're going through your day and planning this stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I don't know if I said this here before, but I think I've said it like on social media, like we get just to reiterate your point, like we get really focused on like what, and when, right? <clears throat> like, what am I eating? And like, when, like, you know, it's very rigid, you know, three times a day, five times a day, not after seven, yeah, every two hours. Yeah. yeah. I have to fast for 12 hours, you know, like, and we we completely disregard like how we eat, you know, like, are we mindful? Are we paying attention to like yeah. what we're doing? Are we listening to our fullness and our hunger and fullness cues, you know, where are we eating? Are we always eating in front of the TV? So we're constantly distracted, not able to like pay attention to what our body's communicating with us. And these things are absolutely just as important as what. And so we, we have, I think a lot of times we come into where I'm going to change my diet and we change what we eat and maybe when, but we don't have any change in like our relationship with our eating patterns, right? Like, like what, what is my awareness and what is my mindfulness and how am I, how do I feel eating certain foods? How do I feel eating at certain paces and that kind of stuff. And, and these things are just completely unimportant. It's just, I just know that I, I can't eat any carbs and I have to stop eating at seven and that's going to fix everything. Right. 
And right. it's like, you know, that's such a small part of the entire picture that um, we just kind of miss the forest for the trees. You know, we yeah. get lost in all these little tiny details that are just like, yeah, but you're not actually changing the way you eat. You're not actually changing like your, your eating pattern. You're just substituting different things in, in the exact same structure. And unless we look at all of that stuff, it, it's probably not going to change a whole lot, you know? Yeah. And, and to your point, when people are seeking that perfect diet, I need to know the right way to eat, or I need guidance on this. They're usually wanting to hear these very quick fixes like, oh yeah, you know, cut out sugar or don't eat after seven or whatever. Some of those like little, you know, biohacks and influencer things that we hear, they want to hear some of those specific things. And it's far more nuanced. It takes a lot of work to change your eating pattern. Again, not just the foods that are in it, but the way you eat, like Michael's talking about. So I think that's another piece that people aren't really wanting to hear is this takes a while and it takes a lot of effort and you're going to learn things about yourself along the way. And newsflash, there's no perfect diet. There's no perfect eating pattern, even like for categories like, you know, active teenagers or postmenopausal women or, um, you know, middle-aged men or the elderly, like there's no perfect eating pattern that you can pinpoint Mm. for any population. What we do know is there's some foundational practices and foods that are really important that the evidence shows us lead to positive health outcomes. Like repeatedly, we have studies that, you know, are not, it's kind of funny to me that I'll get, I'll get like these little briefs in my inbox, you know, these news briefs. Mm. And it'll say something like research shows that high fruit and vegetable intake leads to lower blood pressure. And I'm like, this is like, it's 2022 and we're, and I'm getting this headline in my inbox. But I also, it's kind of nice to have that reinforced Mm -hmm. to just say like, okay, well, the evidence continues to show us that, you know, the inclusion of these foods is really important. Mm -hmm. Or it'll say something like parents who practice um, family meals with no distractions tend to raise intuitive eaters. And I'm like, that is, we've known that for a long time, but it's nice to see that the evidence continues to show us these very foundational practices of not a perfect diet, but a very healthful eating pattern. Right. And I think that's probably like, for me, the main point that I want to make of this whole episode is that the quote unquote, perfect diet for you, which there isn't a perfect diet for anybody, because I mean, things are constantly changing all the time, but is it's, it's for you, right? Like not it's, and I think what we, what we tend to do is what's the perfect diet for all of us. Right. Because, you know, like we've talked about before, it's like the fitness and nutrition industries like demand that we fit into these very strict guidelines. And that's just bullshit and bananas and ridiculous because we're, we're all incredibly unique individual people with all kinds of unique and individual circumstances and demands and limitations and strengths and that kind of stuff. And so the, the perfect diet for you is the one that works for you and in at, at this time. And that may not be the quote unquote perfect diet for you in a month or a year. It probably won't. Right. And that's why we have to have like flexibility and stuff. But 
the only way we're ever going to find out what works for well for an individual is trial and error. It's just mm-hmm. try it, try some stuff out, you know, mm-hmm. um, getting rid of this insistence that like, I, I have to right from the start, have the perfect diet nailed down exactly how I'm going to follow it for the rest of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And we all know how that goes. It usually doesn't work out for super long, but if we can let go of that and just explore and be curious about like, does this work for me? Do I like those foods? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should try eating five times a day. Maybe, you know, a couple snacks will, will help some things. Let's try it out and see. It may not work, but now, you know, you know, and, and, and there's just like, there's just no, it's like, there's such a, um, like a desperation when we started mm-hmm. quote, like a new diet, like it's got to work now. It's got to work yeah. fast. It has to be perfect. It's, and there's just, there's no room to actually develop anything that has a chance of being sustainable. It's like right from the start, we're shooting ourselves in the foot and then wondering like why we're bleeding out. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, well, it's well because and- you're doing the same thing that you've done every single time and it's never worked out. So why is it going to work out mm-hmm. again? It's not, it has to be tailored to you. Yep. And I, I think another issue with that is that people, the reason people are seeking out these kind of rules or these, you know, tell me exactly what to do quick fixes is because they might yield results immediately, whatever that person is seeking, Mm -hmm. as we've talked about, many people are looking for weight loss, but some people are looking for other things. And they suddenly are like, whoa, you know, I see this immediate benefit to doing these things. But then it either isn't sustainable because it's so extreme Mm -hmm. or the, the benefits kind of like plateau a little bit or fizzle out. And then that person is like, oh, well, this didn't work or this, you know, and so there's like this lack of like true commitment in the process of, again, like you said, what's the, you know, what's the end game? Are you going to do this forever? Are you going to do this juice cleanse thing forever? Are you going to do this? You know, if you find an eating pattern that some might call restrictive, but you find that it really works for you, you know, that's another thing I've had. I've had clients come to me that are adamant that intermittent fasting is the way for them. Like they just don't eat breakfast or they don't eat after a certain time or whatever. We have very candid conversations about, okay, if you have been doing this for years and you have adapted this way of eating that you think really works for you, what are your strategies to make sure that it's nutritionally sound, that you're getting all of the nutrients your body needs and that you have enough energy, you know, to keep up with your busy schedule and all of that other stuff. And so we have these honest conversations around it. And it's not that I'm, you know, totally against working with, I had a client a couple years ago who was on a very low carb diet for a long time. And she was an athlete. And we had conversations around like the, the standard recommendations for the number of carbs that athlete should be eating might not work for her because she just had kind of adopted this different eating pattern over the years. And she really just gravitated toward some higher fat, higher protein foods. So we worked with that and we kind of played around with like, well, what works for your longer training sessions and how can you stay well-fueled without, you know, bonking or, you know, so there's, I think there's a, we're illustrating that there's so much flexibility with this. 
And just back to my original point, people sometimes want that very quick result. Like I want this result to happen like within a week. I want to see results so that I know it's working. And if it doesn't, if we make these very gradual shifts in our eating pattern and we don't see immediate results, we sometimes think it's not working and we just abandon it altogether. Mm -hmm. So I think if you are looking for the perfect diet, even though it doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking for the perfect diet for you, you've got to commit to this long-term exploration and curiosity and figuring out what works for you. Yes. And being willing to let go of things that you have Mm. given an honest effort that didn't work out and being willing to let go of things that did work for a while and don't anymore. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think that's, that's a lot of it. It's just like, like, like people, it's like, there's, there's just no, how do I want to say this? There's like a, there's no value in trying something and then having to let it go. Like that's a waste Mm -hmm. of time versus no, this is an educational process. This is a learning process and, and learning something that doesn't work is just as valuable as learning something does work, you know, Mm -hmm. and, or, or being able to let go of something that worked for a while and figure out what works now is way more valuable than continuing to try to insist you do something in a way that isn't working anymore. Right. Like, like we talk about flexibility all the time with this and we have to be able to like, let, let go of plans and adopt new ones and, and change gears and, you know, push when we can push and pull back when we can pull back and, and having that be a part of the process and that be something that we embrace as having immense valuable, just practicing that is so important, you know, and I think just too often, and I don't really think it's anybody's fault. I think it's, you know, it's, it's a whole diet culture, you know, mentality that we're just, that we have laid upon us, you know, from very early on, it just tells it like, there's no value in that. There's mm-hmm. no value in, in, um, things not going well. There's no value in, and abandoning efforts uh, and that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's, it's a thousand percent not true. And, but if we can't find value in those things, and I don't think we really ever are going to find an approach that works for us long-term, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to talk about some of the concrete components of a healthful eating pattern. These are things, you know, I mentioned a few of them earlier, the facts that we know through evidence that comprise a healthful eating pattern and newsflash, this is nothing like groundbreaking and exciting and like sexy and flashy that you all haven't heard before. It's probably stuff your grandmother told you. So, Right. And I hope that that's like, that's a, that's not a bummer for you. No. Cause if it's yeah, a bummer I, for you, then uh, maybe you're still chasing things that uh, we shouldn't be chasing. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, and sometimes people hear me go over this stuff and there's like a sigh of relief. Yes. Oh, it's not as complicated as I'm making it. It's not right. as confusing as the media world makes right. it. And, oh, I am doing a lot of things right. That's a really validating feeling for our clients to have and to feel then empowered instead of um, 
you know, stifled by all of these things they have to change. It can be very overwhelming to think you have to completely overhaul and change everything instead of just feeling empowered that like, okay, I can do these things because I've already been doing them for years. These are some new things I'm going to add in and start kind of playing around with and experimenting. So sometimes there's a really nice relief when we talk about this. Yes. So I pulled up U.S. News and World Report. Um, They do every year. They do their annual best diets overall. And it's not a flawless process. They rank them. They have expert, you know, opinions that... um, have commentary and kind of go through and they rank these diets, but usually it's, it's a pretty sound way of just evaluating some of the most common diets. And number one, I think this has been number one for several years now is the Mediterranean diet. This is simply an emphasis on fruits and vegetables, lots of fish and fish oils, lots of nuts, low in red meat, sugar, saturated fat, moderate dairy consumption. So when I, when I, and I've done a ton of educating on the Mediterranean diet and reading about it. And when I present this to people, um, it really isn't that different from like all of the kind of basic healthful eating practices that they've heard of over the years, Mm -hmm. lots of fruits and vegetables, you know, eat some fish, add some fish oils in there. I know some people really don't like fish. And so we can talk about like, well, what are some other ways that you can try and get those omega-3s and and different things? And maybe the Mediterranean diet isn't for you. Maybe there's some other ways that we can navigate this, right? But at least presenting this in a way that, you know, the Mediterranean style eating pattern is, is a good starting point. Again, it's not something you have to like wear a badge, like I'm on the Mediterranean diet and like advertise it to everybody. Just, it's a good starting point with some, some valid practices. The DASH diet and flexitarian diet tied for number two. So DASH diet stands for dietary approaches to stop hypertension. It's been around for a long time. I would probably be incorrect if I said it's been around since the eighties, but, um, some somewhere in there. It's a, it's basically the same thing. Lots of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean protein, low fat dairy, um, watching your sodium, making sure you get enough potassium and calcium and some of those other minerals that our bodies are often lacking so that we can balance out what is usually driving that hypertension. So this is another really good one. The flexitarian diet. I think we talked about this back when we, we talked about plant-based diets long ago, several episodes ago, we'd have to look probably last year. Um, flexitarian diet is essentially a vegetarian diet. So you really stick with, um, you know, fruits and vegetables, legumes, whole grains, um, probably some dairy, maybe even some egg in there, but flexitarian, that Flex at the beginning of it stands for flexible. You can be flexible with this. Like you could throw in some steak or some chicken if you want to. You can be flexible in how you put this together. It's just saying that the overall foundation of your diet is very much plant-based. And then you have the discretion to kind of weave in some of these other foods. And I really like this approach because it tends to be, I mean, if I had to brand kind of my own personal eating pattern, it's probably pretty close to flexitarian. Like there's just, 
I'm very flexible with it. And I have like some things in mind that I'm aware of with nutrition that I really want to make sure I'm getting enough of these foods in there or I'm making enough room to, you know, have a meatless meal once or twice a week or to do this or, you know, vary up my my vegetable types and colors. And, you know, I pay attention to those things, but there are no rules. There's nothing that says you can eat this, but not this. And to your point at the very beginning, there's no like hard elimination of anything. And I think, you know, just as a general rule, a little bit of a sidetrack here. It's not an episode if I don't have a sidetrack. I know you got to have. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I really like the approach of adding and not subtracting when we're looking Mm -hmm. at like um, just kind of changing our, you know, our our overall eating, eating patterns. Um, I think it's, it's a lot more helpful to people and a lot less stressful to people to look at, Hey, let's, let's add, you know, a serving of vegetables a day. Let's add, you know, a salad in a day. Let's add some lean protein, you know, whatever versus don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat then, because then we've Mm -hmm. got like these really hard and fast rules that we're putting our energy into resisting and restricting. And, um, it's, it's, that's to me, that's more of like a negative energy, you know, Mm -hmm. and a stressor versus if we're adding things, it's like, it has like a positive vibe to it where I'm, yeah, I'm adding, you know, I'm adding fruits to my, my overall diet. I'm adding vegetables to my overall diet. I'm looking for places to, and opportunities to, to get more nutrients to get more vitamins to get more fiber and get a Mm -hmm. bigger variety. And so I just, as a whole, I just really like that approach of let's add, let's not subtract. Um, just because most, I think fad diets focus on the subtracting and not the adding. Um, and it's just, it, it just, it becomes a stressor, I think, and really puts you kind of in a negative place with what you're trying to do. So there's right. my sidetrack. <laughs> yeah. And it's not a sidetrack at all. In fact, it's, um, it's a really nice reinforcer of all of these eating patterns that I'm reviewing right now. They have a lot in common mm-hmm. comprised primarily of plant foods, color, getting those fruits and vegetables in there, whole grains more than anything legumes, beans, nuts, seeds, you know, those foods tend to be overlooked by a lot of people. And so speaking of your theory of like, let's focus on adding things instead of subtracting them. I will talk with clients about how could we add in a bean dish Mm. once a week or a a meal with lentils? How can we add nuts and seeds to your day? What are some opportunities you see of adding those things in? Now, some people might argue, well, you're just adding extra calories if you're adding nuts and seeds to everything. Well, on one hand, you have a point. They are calorically dense foods. They are also very nutrient dense and high fiber. So what usually happens when we work with these additions and like fitting in these additional foods, I am also a huge proponent if you haven't heard this before, of paying attention to your hunger and satiety cues. Mm -hmm. So when we work these things in, we have very um, rich observations about how how did you feel? Like, were you more satisfied through the day? Did you get full easier? Mm -hmm. Does this need to adjust things down because it's just too much volume because you added this in? Well, then we're looking at adjusting the composition of that meal in another way. And so we suddenly get into this realm of, Maybe you subtract something out, but it's from this place of, I need to make room for these other foods that I'm adding in. So it's just a different approach than saying you can't have that or you have less of that. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I just, I, 
I agree. That's what I find often with clients is like, I just didn't want it because I was full already from the other stuff, you know, like I felt satisfied. And so I was able to be like, "Eh, I don't really want the whatever, because I just, I'm full, you know? Um, I mean, it was, I think it was in our first interview with, uh, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky, uh, where he talked about just like the, how, what a positive benefit it can have when people just add like, like some, um, uh, lentils, like soup to their diet, yes. just like yes. that alone, you know, like even just a, like a, like canned lentil, a can soup, of from lentil store, soup for lunch. Yes. You know, I like, remember that. Mm-hmm. Like buy a can of Progresso or whatever, heat it up and eat the lentil soup. Just that alone can have like overwhelming, like positive benefits to people's just overall health. You know, I think you talked right. about like, you know, blood pressure and cholesterol and, you know, feeling satisfied yeah. and, and just so many things. Because, Often people will have weight loss because of yeah. that, because it's less, less calories than maybe their like club sandwich that they would have ordered. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and another little sidetrack here too. Like, I think a lot of times when people talk about like, you know, seeds and fats are like so many calories in them. Okay. But you're probably looking at like that one specific meal, because what often happens is we eat kind of this other, you know, not as nutrient dense stuff. And two hours later, we're hungry again, right? Mm -hmm. Three hours later, we're hungry again, where, yeah, maybe the stuff is like, has a higher caloric value, but it also keeps you satisfied for a long time. So you're not eating as often, you know? And so it's, it's important to think about that whole picture too. Also calories aren't the only thing that matters when it comes to eating. Exactly. Exactly. Say it from the rooftops, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing I've noticed with people when we start moving into this realm of, you know, maybe looking for opportunities to fit more of these foods in, it sort of expands into other areas of the eating pattern. So not just looking at ways we can add nuts and seeds in, but then, you know, how can we maybe adjust some of our snacks so that we add more vegetables in? How can, how can we add more color to that, you know, standard dinner and put some different varieties in there or how, you know, so like just thinking of different ways that you can kind of create, make it your own and create your own eating pattern with some of these very um, well-researched principles that are really pretty simple in terms of the science and like what makes it hard is putting it into practice, the behavior change component, the not overthinking it and, you know, staying true to like, what is this process that I'm going through and what are my goals? And hopefully the goal is that you find a way that's sustainable for you for years to come. Yeah. And stay curious, explore. I have, I have a couple, um, a couple more diets I want to talk about. So one is the mind diet. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on a previous episode, but the mind diet, M-I-N-D, takes the dash and Mediterranean diets and it actually looks at more specific foods in those eating patterns that are emphasized that the research has suggested reduce our risk of Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. Hmm. So leafy greens, nuts, berries are some big ones. Um, The mind diet also emphasizes certain spices and herbs that have been shown to have positive um, impact on risk reduction for those diseases. So this is another one, but I mean, I have to say it's very much a similar eating pattern 
like most of these 95% of the eating pattern is like the same across the board. It just becomes like, there's some nuanced differences that kind of make them more marketable. And there is some science behind, like there's a ton of science now on eating patterns and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease, something that is very close to my heart because my grandmother had Parkinson's and my mom is like absolutely terrified of developing Alzheimer's. And she told me one time, but you know, it's genetic. So there's nothing I can do about it. And I was like, hold the phone. (laughs) There's a lot of things you can do about it. And I actually have a, one of my mentors, my original, um, the first, the person who gave me my first dietitian job straight out of school, um, has written a book on Alzheimer's prevention through diet. So, um, I can, I can link that in our show notes too, if anybody's curious about that. Um, one more eating pattern I want to talk about. Well, there was a tie for all of these. So I'll just tell you Mayo clinic diet, the TLC diet and the volumetrics diet. Oh, and the weight watchers diet. Those were all tied for like (laughs) number five, basically Mm -hmm. for best diets overall. Um, again, when you read through the descriptions on these, Veggies and fruits are the first things listed. I mean, veggies and fruits, whole grain cereals, lean meats, um, you know, some of them do emphasize like daily movement. So um, the TLC diet, by the way, stands for therapeutic lifestyle changes. And so it does have some specifics on lifestyle as a whole and not just the foods you're eating. Um, But anyway, this, I'll, I'll link this website in our show notes. So you can go to it and read the best diets overall for 2022. Um, they do have an overall score and then they have like a weight loss score and a healthiness score that they go through. And you can read about how they come up with their methodology of ranking these diets. Um, but I wanted to share this because it's, it really illustrates what our point is. There's, there's no one perfect diet. It really depends on, what your goals are and what's sustainable for you. And a lot of them look the same anyway yeah. <laughs> in their foundation. Massive overlap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which should really tell us a lot when we're like chasing the newest, the latest, the fattest diet, the fattest diet um, is like, you know what? Like it's the stuff is just, it's remarketed. It's remarketed. It's remarketed. Mm-hmm. And like eat some vegetables, eat some fruits, get some whole grains get some lean protein, you know, like focus on these things. You don't need some slick marketing, uh, you know, uh, to, to tell you to eat these things. Like, you know, that these are the things that are good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> remember that enjoyment and well being is important too. So I, I think we would be remiss if we um, omitted that conversation. It's important for this to be sustainable and for food to be enjoyable. So I've worked with people, of course, I've worked with a lot of people who come from a disordered eating background. And so there's so many considerations there, but I remember one client in particular wouldn't use any condiments on their food, like none whatsoever. And we slowly worked through adding some very simple single ingredient ingredient condiments like honey or yogurt or ketchup or things like that. And then we gradually started building on combinations of those. Like how do you put this together and kind of make a yummy sauce and here's some recipes to try. So 
through my work with this person, I came to realize like, man, they don't believe food should be enjoyable. They think that it should be mechanistic. This is exactly how I should be eating. This is the right way to eat. And there was no enjoyment. And we even had to break through using the word yummy to describe food. So I need to just emphasize this for anybody listening. Food should be enjoyable. So whatever eating pattern you decide to embark on, whatever things you decide to add, find a way for them to be enjoyable for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if, I mean, if you're not enjoying it, it, it's not going to last, right? Like if you can't enjoy what you're eating, it's just miserable because how many times you eat in a day? Like it's something you do multiple times a day and to have your plan to get healthier, be a bummer multiple times a day. Like it's just, it's not going to, it's not going to stick. It's not going to yeah. last. Yeah. yeah. So All right. what do we think? I think we're good. We're good. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. Um, What's your meaning in the mundane? My week? meaning in the day mundane um, was just a few days ago. I don't remember exactly. Okay. So I, as a dad, like I'm, I'm big on affection. I like snuggles, you know, like, even with Sophie still like we'll hold hands when we're walking, you know, like even like for going upstairs, like go to bed. Sometimes she'll like hold my hand and I'm like, yes. And as Lila has gotten older, like there's just less of that, you know, she's still like, you know, she'll snuggle and hug and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I can't tell you the last time we held hands or, you know, anything because she's 11, you know, and, uh, but we were heading upstairs for something. I don't know if she was we were doing, doing, doing homework or something like that. But anyway, we were heading upstairs and she just reached down and grabbed my hand for a minute as we walked up like kind of eight or 10 stairs and then let go. And inside I was like, ah! <laughs> she still wants to hold She's my doing hand. It. But you know, I'm also like, but play it cool, man. Don't call attention to it. <laughs> Don't even say anything about it. Just be cool, dude. Be cool. Cause you will ruin this. <laughs> she will yes. never do it again. So it was just one of those moments where I was oh, just like, that's cute. brought me a whole lot of joy and made me feel pretty stinking Aww. great. So yeah, I saw, I saw my friend post the other day on Instagram, my friend Mustafa, I don't know if he listens to our podcast, but I'll <clears throat> give him a shout out anyway. And he has two young boys and he had posted this meme that said, um, something to the effect of someday soon in the future, your child will grab your hand and lead you to their room and ask you to come play with them for the last time. Yeah, I've seen those posts. And, and it's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that is, that's a tough pill to swallow as a parent, so but sad. it's the truth that it'll yep. happen someday where it's like, this is the last time that my kid is going to ask me to come play or to hold them, their hand. So cherish those moments i really like that one yes yeah i love how much you love time with your girls it's the um so mine so drum roll please because i'm notorious for killing house plants i have two three four five six seven eight nine ten house plants that have been living under my care for several months now and are thriving and they're beautiful and they bring me such joy when I'm nice. like, I have several in my office just surrounding me and I don't know how to describe what it's like having like these living things just, you know, 
they're plants. Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, I'm, but there's like this attachment and there's kind of this mutual sort of beneficial thing, you know, like these yeah. plants are relying on me to keep them alive, but then they, you know, um, yeah, it's just wonderful because I kill, I, there <clears throat> were, there's a, like a trail of dead plants in my wake that I really tried. To, I probably loved them too much. <laughs> and all of you plants sitting around me, like just count your blessings that I learned on the other ones and that y'all are still alive, but they're doing really good. That's exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And my, yeah. my friend Cassie has been a huge help. So thank you, Cassie. I know she listens to the podcast and she, you, I mean, if there's, if there's a plant mama, yeah. that girl. Yeah. She's yeah. got like jungle walls in her house. Yeah. So that's the way Kathleen is. Yeah. She just has a green thumb and we have so many like living plants all around our house. And I never thought I would like it as much as I did, but it's just awesome having these like real plants everywhere. You know, little small ones, big ones, just yes. all kinds of stuff. That is so yep. cool. They're just kind of, they just, they're existing, mm -hmm. clean in the air, just chilling, prettying up the walls. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everybody. Um, thank yeah, you remember, for listening. The perfect diet is the one that works for you, the one you enjoy, the one you can do forever, the one you can be flexible with. Lean into that curiosity and exploration. It's super, super important. So, yeah. Um, and and remember, the perfect way to spread this message is to share, subscribe, <laughs> rate, review. Mike, thanks for the handoff. You knew right where I was going. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. Knew and, it. and please reach out to us on social media or you can yep. email us at middleish at gmail.com. We'll right. catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.